1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to the Eagles Brawl, Philly Sports with Giovanni. Today I'm here with the Babes on Broad. Hi guys. <laughs> hey buddy. Hi Gio, how are you? we are having us. Good. I'm good, how are you guys? We're good. We'd be better
1: if the Eagles won though.
2: Yeah. Oh, that was a tough loss. So total. Brutal. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Um... Alright, so I'm gonna start off here. Uh the O line did better than last week. Um it they they didn't let Carson have uh eight sacks again, so that was good. Um Definitely. Yeah, um Doug actually ran the ball for once in his life. Um, <laughs> They doubled the the yards for last week, uh, the rushing yards for running. Um, uh, you know, I want to get your guys' opinion on this, uh, cause I thought it was pretty sneaky when Doug put Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz on the field at the same time. It kind of threw me off at first, and then it was like it was kind of cool. So I didn't know how you guys felt about that. My only thing about
0: it is the fact that Hurts is on the field so little. When he does come on the field, it's like, okay, Jalen Hurts is here. He's going to get the ball, you know? So that's my only thing about it is they kind of need to be a little sneakier and not make it as obvious. But at the same time, I don't know it necessarily how you would do that. Do you have an idea, Jess?
1: I just think so. I think a lot of people compared him to the Saints when, with doing what they do with Taysom Hill. And when they bring Taysom Hill on the field, I think they have a lot of different plays that they can run with him. Obviously, he's a quarterback, but he can catch, he can block, he can do a lot of different things. And they kind of, you know, defenses kind of know that there's going to be something sneaky happening, but they don't always know what it's going to be. So I think the Eagles are creative creative enough, and I think Doug is creative enough that he could come up with something. But I think it's silly to put him on the field if they're not going to actually use him. So I think they should – because they used a second-round draft pick on him, but they need to actually find a good way to do it and get him the ball and make him useful.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that they could have done something uh, better with him in that game. Um, Carson actually threw the ball away. That was surprising. Um, He's learning. He's, he's learning how to do it. Yeah, that was about one of the only positives, of course, in <laughs> this past Sunday. <laughs> um, this game they actually gave Zach Ertz the ball, which was kind of nice. Five receptions for 42 yards with Ertz. Um, I was so excited to see that Ertz was um in the game. And and it was it was good cuz last week I I was really sad cuz they didn't put him in the game at all. Um All right. So here's the downside. Carson, he threw it away and all. Two interceptions. That cannot happen. Mhm. Yeah, two
0: interceptions in each game so far this year.
2: Yeah, that yeah. I I think he could have done better um but um Doug is pushing Carson to be a QB that he's not and um I think it it all starts with coaching and I think that um he needs to let Carson uh run and roll out of the pocket and I think I think he just needs to Um, let Carson be Carson let Carson be the Carson that he was in 2020 uh, or in yeah in 2020 in 2017 um yeah I think I think we just we need to let Carson be Carson no
0: and you're right and we actually had an episode that dropped earlier today and Jess that was Jess's thing was all about that so Jess you want to
1: I keep yelling about it. And I yelled about it last week, and I'm going to yell about it again until I'm blue in the face or until they make me the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles because I just, I totally agree with you, Gio. I think that they're trying to make Carson Wentz something he's not. And if you look at what the Rams did with Sean McVay and with Jared Goff, Sean McVay knows what Jared Goff is, knows what he can do and what he can't do, right? And they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they did not do a very good job then. there's still enough talent to get there. And I don't think Jared Goff is any better of a quarterback than Carson Wentz, but the offense is designed to play to his strengths, not just some design that the coach comes up with and tries to make it all happen on, on the field. They do it in order to make sure that Jared Goff is in the best position to succeed. They dropped him back straight back three times. in I think it was the second quarter he threw, he got sacked. Then he threw the ball away then he had to throw it into the ground because he had defensive linemen in his face. And after that, they didn't go near it again. They just kept running play action and that's what was going on because also the defense was biting on everything. And that's a whole different conversation, but they're trying to make Carson be this pocket passer. And can, can he grow into a pocket passer? Sure. But he shouldn't be contained in
2: that way. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that, um, each quarterback is different, and Carson is a quarterback that likes to roll out and run the ball. Um, I I don't I honestly don't know if they can teach Carson to be a, a pocket passer. Um, I I really don't know. Um, the defense let them score. Um, it you know. On 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 paper, our defense is awesome, and we have the talent. I I just think I I don't I don't know if they're just not putting in enough effort or or what because they they gave up a lot of points a lot of points, and yeah I think I think they could have done better. I,
0: I, what do you guys think? Yeah, they definitely could have done a lot better, especially with allowing all the points that they did. Mm-hmm. But um, we also, one thing is like, yet again, a second week you saw Fletcher like early in the game. I remember being like, there he is. And then he just fell off and you didn't see him the rest of the game. You didn't really hear much of Hargrave, which I don't know if I was really expecting with his debut coming off of how fast he came back out of nowhere. But you just, and Jackson. So like you, there were so many guys like you just expect to hear their name. And Darius Slay had that. I think he got the wind knocked out of him, but that was worrisome. But like, other than that, you didn't really hear anybody's name. They were just kind of rolling with the punches. And we talked about it on our show, Jess. Like Nicole Roby Coleman did not do well. Mm Maddox got beat a lot. Nate Gary got killed the entire game. So like- Linebackers. Linebackers, yes. But like, so there's just, So many people besides the linebacking position, but like so many names that we have. And like you said, on paper, they should be amazing. And they're just, you don't hear them and they're just letting them go. And they do get stops here and there, but not always when they need to. And it's worrisome. And they just, I think it'll come because of the talent that they do have. But man.
1: But how how many times do we have to do this every year? I feel like Giovanni, tell me if you agree every year it takes like five or six games and people are pounding the table and screaming, where is Fletcher Cox? Where's Fletcher Cox? He's supposed to be good enough that we should be seeing him every week and not be having this conversation every year, especially with the salary that he's making these next couple of years. What I think it's like 22 million this year. And I mean, I think maybe the same next year or something a little bit higher. What do you think? How how, does that frustrate you? Or do you think it's something we just kind of have to deal with at this point?
2: you know it's it's so frustrating because Fletcher Cox is like one of our best one of our best players on defense and you know it's it, the fact that he he has he didn't sack off at least once that that was frustrating to me and yeah i I don't know it was just.
1: it's it's one of the things they always say it's good when you don't hear
0: an offensive lineman's name, but then on the opposite side, it's terrible when you're not hearing any of your defensive line's name, you know? So definitely need to step it up this upcoming week.
2: Yeah, they need to step it up. Um, You know, um, I think, I think if they use next game, next game should be, fairly easy. If they use next game as kind of like practice to get their head straight, I think I think that um we'll be good for our season. Hopefully hopefully I'll be able to make a podcast next uh week where we won. Yeah, your first winning celebratory <laughs> <class. But laughs> The thing that
0: worries me about next week is the He's like Joe Burrow, and I do think that he is a winner and he knows how to win, even though obviously he can only control so much. But I think the only thing that worries me is the fact that he said the first week or last week or something that he never lost two games in a row in his life, and now this would potentially be his third straight loss. So I just – I don't know. I feel like they both kind of have – Jess is scratching her head. I think they both kind of have some momentum and like urge and desire to win this game. I think we should win, but I mean, we should have won the first two weeks as well. Oh, so, apparently I'm Bengals Twitter
1: is like, "We got this. We're playing the Eagles this week. We're oh, Joe Burrow's really? gonna get us." A- oh yeah, Bengals Twitter's all in on Joe Burrow <laughs> getting his first win against that the always Eagles. comes. Back it hurts. On
2: Gio. It hurts. I, you know. <laughs> It, it's, it's, it angers me to know that a team like the Bengals, like last year they did nothing, and, and it just angers me to know that a team like the Bengals are saying it's going to be an easy win against us.
0: Well, that's it, how poor we're playing right now. It's so frustrating. Our team is not even close to as bad as they're playing right now, and it's just so frustrating because, like, it's just, it seems like it's so close and you're just like, just do the right things. And it doesn't make sense why they're not doing the right things or what's happening. I don't know. And they keep you trying to use the excuse like they didn't get preseason games. So maybe that'll change it this week. And you know what I mean? Because you got two games under your belt. You can't really use that excuse anymore. So I don't know. Nobody Hopefully. got a preseason.
1: Yeah. everybody, and, and they talked about, you know, oh, nobody, we didn't get hit and we didn't have enough prep. Everybody had the same amount of time.
0: No one yeah. else is having these It Just you. It's just you. Well, actually, a couple teams are having issues. The Niners and Saquon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the injuries, dude. The injuries
1: I know. Bad. That was okay. One positive. There was only the one injury, and it's terrible. Isaac Samile was on IR. But we came out relatively injury free. The yes. so positive.
2: Yeah, would. Was- <laughs> um. You know, this is another thing that really irritates me is that people are saying bench Carson for hurts. That makes me so frustrated because you know, we saw we saw some good from Carson in that game. And like I said earlier, I think it starts with coaching and I think that um Doug is trying to make Carson a quarterback that he is not. And honestly, Eagles Twitter, they are, they're, I don't know what they've been thinking this season because uh-huh. it, from the Zacherts thing to now Carson, them wanting to bench Carson. It makes no sense. And and I wanted to ask you guys how you felt about that because it, it just it irritates me and it makes me annoyed. Yeah, I
0: have been tweeting about this since the game on Sunday. It's just so frustrating the fact that Carson has had incredible glimpses. And um, Dan Orlovsky got ripped on first take yesterday because he was still basically in our boat, like, we understand Carson's played poorly these last two games. He has not played like Carson, and he is a big part to blame with these last two losses. But at the same time, like, with all his potential and all his talent that we know he has and all that just wraps up, and I think that you can't just have two games and be like, he's over. Because anybody in their whole career can have two games, especially in a year like this where it's so weird and they it's been, like, no preseason they have just all these different things and I think that all factors into it I think that Howie Roseman's a big part to blame with it because he put another mental state on Carson so that's my biggest blame right now is Howie but I mean I just it makes me so frustrated that everybody wants to put the blame on Carson instead of looking around, like how you're talking about, Doug's a big part to blame, too, with the play calling. He's not playing the Carson specialties. And then how Howie wants to give him no weapons and instead get his potential replacement in case he's injured in the second round. And it just, I think all of that coming together is just exploding, and it's not fair to Carson. And I think Eagles fans have just been locked up inside too long and just needed to unleash it all, and they're taking it out on Carson. But...
1: I mean, it's and am, it's the same people that a year ago were like, without Carson, we never would have been able to get to the playoffs. Yeah. And then, you know, it's and then he, you know, gets cheap shotted against the Seahawks. And it's like, he's always hurt. He can't do anything. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous at this point. And it's impossible to deal with. My parents always used to tell me you can't argue with stupid. And I think <laughs> that's pretty accurate when it comes to some of these things. I just, I just think that I mean, obviously Carson's played poorly, but he's not the bi- he, he's he's a problem. He's not the only problem, and I understand that you know they oh two of the best tight ends in the league, the best tight end duo in the league. Okay, but they're still trying to you know I mean they've got a contract dispute going on with one of them, who's the number one target, the most reliable receiver that Wentz has had in his time here. You have an aging offensive line that you didn't address in the draft, and finally after. You know, obviously, so, you know, I think why we are so people are so hard on Carson is because they've seen what he can do and they know that his his ceiling is so high that it's um, I, I mean, you, you just expect that at this point. That's what you expect him to play like. And, you know, obviously the Super Bowl year, uh, what, uh, Nick Foles called lightning in a bottle. So you have to keep him around because Carson still wasn't going to be healthy to start the year. So then, you know, he does it again, right? And finally they get rid of Foles. Carson comes in, plays 16 games, which everyone was screaming that he couldn't do again after he did it his rookie year, and he gets cheap shotted. This would have been his year to finally get that monkey off his back, finally not have that pressure, finally just be able to go out there and be Carson. Not worry about a surgery or a rehab or anything like that. He had a concussion, he had to clear the protocols and things like that, but he didn't have to go through a serious off season rehab like he did with the back or the ACL. And you know, Who ruined it this year, Jess? Howie Roseman ruined it. Howie Howie Roseman It was his chance. It was his chance. And what do they do? They go draft a quarterback with the second round draft pick. It makes no sense to me.
2: Yeah, that was my next question. I want you to know um, how you guys felt about Howie because literally he has lost his mind. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to put it. He has lost his mind. No, and mm-hmm. I
0: think the thing with Howie is he kind of got, like, that power high after the Super Bowl because he did good, like, do good that year. He brought in the sure. right people. He is always great with the cap. So, like, he brought in the people they needed that year, and it just worked. They had the chemistry. Everybody fed into it, and it worked. And then ever since then, I feel like he's just kind of bringing in these guys that sound good on paper, and he thinks they're right, but he's not actually evaluating the talent and everything that goes into it. And he's just like, oh, I like them. I'm Magic Man, and place them here, and thinks that it's automatically going to work. And it's not. And I think he's too – much on his high horse right now that he d- thinks he can do no wrong, and I think that's a huge problem.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, again, with Howie, he, he, I think another reason I think he he has that that um, rush where he he has all that power, and I think that's another reason why he took Zachary's after out of the game plan after they had that argument because I think he was like, Oh, you're disrespecting me, I'll take you out of the game and you know, I don't I don't think I think that's why we lost against the Washington football team too, because they took out Wentz's one receiver. They they added him back in this game. But in this game Really, our our flaw was the defense. The defense didn't play to their full. They didn't give it their all like they usually do. Yeah, I think
0: defense is a big part to blame. But ultimately, like we did our three keys to the loss this week. And I think it's Howie because I am over Howie. And then my second's Carson, just because he did play poorly, and I think he's talented enough that he should be able to overcome what he's going through. But, I mean, I understand it takes time. But for this past game, I think he's number two. And then my third, I would say, was we were talking about either linebackers or play calling. So they're both, like, all three or all four, I guess, are huge pieces into the loss,
1: and they're going to have to fix them up. I can't stand it. I'm just, I'm in this, I was telling Sam this the other day, and I think I said it on our episode too. I'm in this constant, like my brain is going in this cycle of Carson played an awful game and was missing throws, but Doug called a terrible game that doesn't suit Carson's strengths, but how he built a completely terrible roster that's not a championship caliber. So I'm going through this whole mental cycle over and over again. And it honestly, it kept me up all night, Sunday night. I didn't sleep at all. Because I was just thinking about that in my brain.
0: Yeah. Um, and you're right, though, to the fact that the defense should be able, like, at least our offense are putting up is putting up something. So it would be nice if our defense could play like they should and help out our team and kind of bail out the offense so that we're not screaming at them all the time. But right now I think that they're lucky that the offense is having so many problems because it's kind of getting them under the radar and not talked about as much, but they are a problem.
2: Yeah. Um. You know, Doug's play calling was atrocious last game. He, you know, we asked him for some run plays. That's all he gave us was run plays. The whole first half was run plays. And – the Rams defense just, they, like, the second play we did, they saw right through us and they knew that we were going to keep going with the runs and they knew how to shut us down. And that's exactly what they did.
0: Yeah, Jess was literally calling play for play what should have happened. And she's all about the play calls.
1: I I can't the play call drives me nuts because I love I love forcing the issue of the run early but I hate getting away from it as quickly as they do sometimes the the run game was working Miles Sanders looked good and what I really liked was he fumbled the first time he touched the ball and they went right back to him after don't don't let it shake his confidence give him the ball right back and he looked really good after that and him and Boston Scott I think ran rushed for a combined eleven first downs which was great Miles I think had eight himself and then. They get down by a little bit and then they start to scramble and things start to go all over the place. So I wish they would stick with it a little bit more because that's how you make defenses tired. And you talk to linemen, linemen love run blocking. They love blocking when, they, when you run the football. They hate pass protection. So if you just let them force it a little bit longer, if it's the third quarter and you're getting negative yardage, that's different, but they didn't have a single negative – Run play. No negative yardage from run plays. Which, have they ever done that before? And we're seeing it as well, too. Like, all the interceptions that Carson does have this year
0: were forced. Like, it's not like the defense came up and did something crazy and earned the – like, they were just forced. Carson's throwing in double and triple coverage on these interceptions. So, I think incorporating the run more would let him relax – calm it down and I don't understand why they don't see that especially the one in the end zone there was no need to throw deep into the end zone right there not deep but into the end zone right there it was like first or second down
2: yeah um I I, I, I on the one play I saw I think it I think it was an interception um he he threw to the right side and his whole left side was open and I don't know why he picked the throw so deep. Like, it, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it is kind of concerning
0: for just his field vision. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get why he's not seeing the open receivers.
1: He's not going through his progressions. And that was something that he struggled with early on. But it's one of those things that I know there were, you know, conversations that him and John Filippo didn't get along. And obviously, Filippo didn't pan out in – Minnesota with the Vikings he he lost his job there but I mean they think about the way he looked in 2017 versus what he looks like now or what he looked like last year I mean it what do you think Giovanni because people are talking about press Taylor and what has he done and why yeah. is he still here but you know they don't want to bring in Filippo because apparently they didn't really get along but he looked the best then would you want to bring Filippo back
2: honestly Coach Defolipo I, I, I think that that we should bring him back, and and um, I, I think that, you know, it's weird because, I, I, I think since it maybe maybe they didn't get along because Coach DeFalvo was so maybe hard on him to be his best, and after he was gone, he he. Maybe he didn't feel like he had to play his best because there wasn't someone on his back. No, I think that's
0: a great point. I would be all on board to bring DiPullipo back. I think he was on Carson, and that's what got Carson to do his thing. I think maybe him and Doug are too good of friends, and I think maybe he doesn't see the O line coaching by committee or not O line, but offensive coaching by committee kind of thing that they got going on there as serious. So I think maybe he does need that person that's going to get on him.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, I I think, I think that we did, we did play the best with, uh, coach Jeff Lipa, And I, I think that we, we need to, um, at least consider it, at least consider bringing him back, um, but yeah, um, it's. I I think that we should have we should have kept him. I don't think we should have let him go. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Um. What did what did you guys think about the Earth's nonsense? Because I I know it really made me and my family upset. Cause. You know all the things that he's done throughout his career for the Eagles team, and you know he's he's basically Wentz trusts him the most with the ball, and taking him out of the game plan made no sense. And I I think that that I think that that's one of the main problems why our our whole team is just like. Not at all. I think that it. I think that Howie's just um. He he took out Ertz, and then uh, I think all the rookies too. They're like, maybe when it's time for my contract, maybe Howie's gonna treat me like this too. I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, we talked about how how Howie's causing all these mental
0: blocks with Carson, kind of. And I think he did the same exact thing with Zach Ertz. I mean, they got in a screaming match right before the first game of the season. And, yeah, some guys can play with that kind of motivation to go after and show him, but most guys can't. And I think that was idiotic of Howie to get in a screaming match in front of the whole team with one of his star receivers. Well, tight end, but you know what I mean. Like, it's just I, – I don't know. I just – I don't, I need
1: Howie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like, exactly what you said. Like some guys can go out and play with that mentality, but it's just unnecessary to have that looming over you. Like it's just unnecessary yeah. to have that extra thing. That's kind of keeping you up at night when you should just be focused on the game and nothing else. Like a, a guy like Zach Ertz, who's as talented as he is, is, as durable as he is and has been as successful for you as he has for you to let that happen with him of all people, like if it was someone else, like if it was still like going back and forth with a Jason Peters, or if it was, I don't know if they were having this problem with Alshon Jeffrey or something like to me, that's not as big of a deal as it is with the guy like Zach hurts. And I know people want to complain about his yards after catch and this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, the guy has the, some, the most received er, receivable, the, the most Uh, reliable hands on the team is what I meant to say Um, but also I mean he's a guy that he goes out and battles for you the man lacerated a kidney he lacerated a kidney and broke a rib but went out there to play with the danger of internal bleeding just to help this team win and to be there for Carson as the reliable pass catcher for Carson because they had nothing else like if you don't want that guy on your team what are you doing and it's just been so disrespectful. Like they offered him a certain number of a guaranteed buddy in November, and then they offer him not only less guaranteed money than they offered him before, but less guaranteed money than Austin Hooper is getting from the Browns. That's it's, it's a slap in the face after it everything is. that he's done for you, because he's also, re, he restructured his deal multiple times to make room for guys like Alshon Jeffrey to get his extension and this guy and that guy. And, He's done everything to make it team-friendly and hometown discount. He's done all of it already. And 100% outplayed his first contract. There's no reason why this should
2: be an issue. It doesn't make sense to me. I agree. It doesn't make sense to me either. Um, going back to what you said about the last, the lacerated kidney, he could have died. He could have died. And you know what? Yeah. He went out there and he played for our team and you know, just the level of disrespect it's it amazes me. It's it's really The Eagles uh, should be embarrassed.
1: Yeah, yeah they, they, the organization yeah. should be embarrassed by <laughs> what they're Yes.
2: Um I'm I'm just gonna say one more thing before we end this podcast. Um I love this team with everything I have. Um they they fight and uh, they fight just like me, and um, you know I think that that we can go out there and win that Bengals game and um, get our heads in the game and be that swagger that swaggered out defense and offense that that we know and, and that we love and and I think we can we can repeat twenty seventeen get that Lombardi Trophy. We didn't start off the best, but, um, you know, it doesn't matter. uh, We can still make this season great. Um, That's where I'm going to end it. Um, Go check out the Babes on Broad, and uh, I'll have a podcast uh, up next week. I'm going to be with Kyle from the Cheerleading Squad, and I'm really excited about that. Thank you guys for being here.